Fanatics Football, a football segment of the Fantasy Fanatics Podcast. We'll be your host once again, James, and I'm joined once again by Mete and Nate. What's up, boys? What's up? How's it going? All right. In today's episode, we're going to recap week 12, all the games that happened, Thanksgiving games, as well as the rest of the weekend. Then we'll hop right into some fantasy football pickups for the week. And then we'll preview week 13 slate for NFL games. We'll take a look at some of the spreads and project out some of the games. So, um, yeah, let's just start with the recap. We'll start with the first Thanksgiving game. It was the Chicago Bears against the Detroit Lions. The Bears won 16 to 14. I guess looking at the stats for the Bears, Andy Dalton started this game 317 pass yards, a passing touchdown, and an interception. Uh, David Montgomery, 17 carries on the ground for 46 yards. Then through the air, Darnell Mooney, five catches, 123 receiving yards. Cole Komet, eight for 65. Demir Bird, four for 42. Jimmy Graham, two catches, 34 yards, and a touchdown. And David Montgomery had three catches for 28 yards. Um, Nate, I'll just get to you on the Bears. I guess, what are your thoughts? Uh, really good game by Andy Dalton. Um, really good throwing stats. He was able to get a touchdown, I guess. Interceptions, not so good, but I think overall the Bears did pretty well. Yeah, I think the Bears did pretty well considering that, uh, you know, um, everything hasn't been great for them, a lot of injuries and so on. Team just hasn't looked right at times, so I definitely agree with you on that. Uh, we'll get to the Lions now. Uh, Jared Goff started this game, 171 passing yards, two passing touchdowns for him. And then in terms of rushing, Jamal Williams, 15 carries for 65 yards. And then in terms of receiving, Josh Reynolds, three catches, 70 yards and a touchdown. TJ Hawkinson, three catches for 35 yards and a touchdown. Then Amon Ross St. Brown had four catches for 23 yards. Uh, Mete, getting to on the Lions, I mean, this team just can't catch a break. Yeah, they're not. They definitely can't catch a break. And honestly, they kind of did it to, to themselves in this game at the end. Uh, when they called double timeout, you can't do that back to back. So uh, they uh, penalize themselves and then uh, they lose yardage, fourth down. Uh, they lose the ball and then the Bears win the game off that. So. Yeah, I'm sorry, it wasn't even fourth down. Uh, they were on defense when they called the timeout. So I think they allowed the Bears to get a first down for free. And yeah, it was just really tough, man. Like their defense played great this game. Dalton did have good stats, but like outside of a couple of big plays, they, they were like really shutting down the Bears, especially the run game. Montgomery didn't do much. Yeah, their offense uh, isn't the greatest. It was a lot of checkdowns, but they were without DeAndre Swift. So, yeah, uh, Swift, if he was catching those checkdowns, he could make some big plays. We know what he can do. So I think they could have won this game with Swift. And, yeah, they just got to be more disciplined, I think. They had a lot of penalties, and especially at the end, that really cost them. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, it's always a new thing with this Lions team as to why they lose games. At this point, I just feel like that it's just a, an overall team issue in general. They have a lot of things to fix, and I guess taking penalties is definitely one of them. 
Uh, we'll get to the next game on Thanksgiving. Uh, it was the Las Vegas Raiders being the Dallas Cowboys, 36 to 33. Very close game here. Uh, we'll get to the Raiders first, looking at their stats. Derek Carr, 373 passing yards and a passing touchdown on the ground. Josh Jacobs, 22 carries, 87 yards and a touchdown. Um, Kenyon Drake, seven carries for 25 yards. Carr, two for 21. And then Marcus Mariota had two carries for four yards and a rushing touchdown. Getting to receiving, Hunter Renfro, eight catches, 134 yards. Deshaun Jackson, three for 102 and a touchdown. Zay Jones, five for 59. And Darren Waller, two for 33. Um, Nate, let me get to you on the Raiders. I guess big win for this team. Yeah, the Cowboys are a pretty strong team this year. I mean, the Raiders, uh, they were also, I guess, pretty solid looking into the year. They've been slumping a little bit, so this is a much needed win. Yeah, I was going to say they have been slumping. I think at one point they were like like five and three or six and three, and then they've lost a, a couple games here. So, yeah, uh, great to see them get in the win column. Uh, getting to Dallas now, um, Dak Prescott, uh, 375 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. On the ground, Tony Pollard, 10 carries for 36 yards. Ezekiel Elliott, nine for 25 and a touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, Michael Gallup, five catches, 106 yards. Cedric Wilson, seven for 104. Noah Brown, six for 53. And then Dalton Schultz, three catches, 46 yards, and a receiving touchdown. And then Sean McKeon had one catch for 10 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Mette, I'll just get to you on the Cowboys, I guess. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, speaking of penalties, this game had 28 total penalties. So Cowboys were undisciplined this game as well especially at the end, and uh, particularly Noah Brown. I think he had like four or five pass interferences on his own. And yeah, we just remember the one at the end, which ultimately sealed the game. So I guess the Cowboys, uh, it was a tough November, one and three on the month. But for this game, particularly, they didn't have Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. They're two best targets, so... That's like the main thing I'm trying to take away, but I'm kind of getting worried at this point. I won't lie. Yeah, definitely concerning, but uh, I liked how Michael Gallup sort of stepped in as the number one in this game. He played really well. Definitely a good thing to see moving forward that there is wide receiver depth on this Dallas team. Hopefully they can get things turned around in next game, but uh, uh, getting to uh, Buffalo, um, they beat the New Orleans Saints. This was a third Thanksgiving game, uh, 31 to six. Um, just looking at Buffalo stats here, uh, Josh Allen, 260 pass yards, four passing touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, in terms of rushing, Devin Singletary, 15 carries for 44 yards. Josh Allen, eight for 43. And Matt Breida, seven for 26. And then in terms of receiving, uh, Stefan Diggs, seven uh, catches, 74 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Gabriel Davis, two for 47. Cole Beasley, five for 46. And then Dawson Knox, three catches, 32 yards and two touchdowns, while Matt Breida had two catches for 29 and, and uh, one receiving touchdown. Uh, Mete, I'll just jump right back to you on Buffalo. I guess this is a big win for this team. Yeah, it's a big win. They've kind of been slumping lately too, so they needed that. Sean Payton was 6-0 and on uh, holiday uh, game so this is his first loss which is kind of a cool stat and then yeah uh the saints they were missing a lot of people like winston and alvin Kamara, who is uh two of their best players by far but 
Yeah, they still have a great defense. So for the Bills to put up 31, I, I'm still really impressed. Yeah, I mean, the Saints, I guess, just didn't have their best game of the year. Um, Trevor Simeon played quarterback. He threw 163 pass yards, one passing touchdown and one interception. Uh, Tony Jones Jr. rushed 16 times for 27 yards. Then in terms of receiving, Will Jordan Humphrey, three catches for 47 yards. Ty Montgomery, five for 31. Traquan Smith, four for 31. And Marquez Callaway, two for 24, while Nick Vanett, had one catch for 11 yards and a receiving touchdown. I guess, Nate, I'll get to you on the Saints. I guess, what are your thoughts on this team? Um, I guess, um, like Metze said, they're missing James Winston. They do have a few injuries. Um, I'm still surprised that the score was this high because the Saints do have a good defense. But I guess uh, the Bills, they finally uh, come back into, I guess, their full shape and now back to blowing teams out yeah i definitely agree and yeah the, the saints team uh, they need to do something at this point uh it looks like Taysom hill could start a quarterback for the next game hopefully that shakes things up because i know he did win a few games for them as a starter last year um yeah they were in the playoff hunt but at this point if they lose any more games i think the whole month of november the saints didn't even win one game so it's kind of concerning uh, hopefully they can turn things around because I mean in their division Tampa Bay just keeps winning they won their game 38 to 31 over the Colts big come from behind win for this Bucks team let's get to the stats here uh, Tom Brady 226 passing yards uh, passing touchdown and an interception for him and then getting to rushing Leonard Fournette big day on the ground 17 carries 100 yards and three rushing touchdowns so pretty big uh, Ronald Jones, seven for 37 and one rushing touchdown for him. Then in terms of receiving, Rob Gronkowski, seven catches, 123 yards. Leonard Fournette, seven catches, 31 yards. And his fourth touchdown, this one coming as a receiving touchdown. And then Chris Godwin, four catches for 24 yards. And Cameron Brait, three for 23. Uh, Nate, let me just get to you on the box. I guess big comeback win for this team. Yeah, um, I mean, the Colts are... Colts are a really solid team as well, although the record doesn't really show that. But yeah, they're a pretty um, solid team on paper. But I guess uh, the Bucks are also um, really solid. They played really well on both offense and defense. And yeah, one score uh, win against a solid team. Yeah, I definitely agree. The Bucks, um, they looked a little shaky uh, in the few games um, before the Giants game, but I think they got it right in that game, sort of giving the momentum as they pushed uh, through for a win in this game as well. Um, getting to the cold stats, Carson Wentz, 306 passing yards, three passing touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, 16 carries, 83 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and then in terms of receiving, uh, Jack Doyle, six catches, 81 yards and a touchdown. Ashton Dalton, one catch, 62 yards and a touchdown. Michael Pittman, four for 53 through the air. T.Y. Hilton, four for 28 and a receiving touchdown. And 9M Hines, three catches for 26 yards. Um, I guess, Mete, I'll just get to you on this Colts team. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I've been saying I like this team, and I still do. It's uh, the defending champions, so no shame in losing to them. But uh, they went into halftime up 24-14, and then they get outscored 21-7 in the second half. So they kind of threw the game away. And 
yeah, it's tough to lose like that, especially when you're playing against such a good team like the Buccaneers. Yeah, I definitely agree with everything you said there. I feel like this Colts team is better than their record. And I feel like that if they want to make the playoffs, they got to win as many games as they can left in their schedule. And they just got to hope teams in front of them start losing games. But um, let's just get to the next game here. The New York Jets being the Houston Texans, 21-14. Big win for the Jets here. I think Zach Wilson returned in this game. Yeah, he did start here. He threw for 145 passing yards and an interception. Uh, in terms of rushing, Tevin Coleman got the start. Seven or sorry, 16 carries for 67 yards. Ty Johnson went six for 42. And then Austin Walter went nine for 38 and a rushing touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, uh, Braxton Berrios, two for 47. Elijah Moore, four for 46. Keelan Cole, two for 24. And then Ryan Griffin, three catches for 20 yards. Um, I guess, uh, Mete, I'll just get to you on the Jets. I guess big win for them. Yeah, it's a good win. I feel like low-key this uh, loss might hurt them at the end of the year if you think about it because the Texans are a team that's going to be in the lottery with them. So uh, they jump ahead of them for now. Uh, so they'll get a worse pick. But I think they own the Seahawks first-rounders, so... Yeah, they've got a couple of first picks there, which is nice, uh, specifically for this game. Uh, it's kind of an impressive win, honestly. Uh, they gave up 14 in the second, and the rest of the game, they don't give up anything. Wilson, uh, he didn't have the best game, but they still uh, found a way to win. So, yeah, credit, credits to the Jets. Yeah, this was pretty much the AFC lottery bowl at this point. <laughs> uh, these two teams were sort of battling it out to see who was worse. And apparently the Texans just did not play well here. I guess you could probably throw Jacksonville in that mix too. But yeah, let's just get to Houston now. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, 158 yards, two passing touchdowns and an interception. In terms of rushing, David Johnson, 10 carries for 39 yards. Tyrod, two for 30 on the ground. And then Rex Burkhead, 12 carries, 427 yards. And then in terms of receiving, uh, Brandon Cooks, three catches, 45 yards and a touchdown. Nico Collins, two for 28. And then Rex Burkhead, three catches for 27 yards. While both Amendola and Brevin Jordan went three catches for 23 yards. But Brevin Jordan also caught a receiving touchdown. Nate, I'll just get to you on Houston. I guess, what are your thoughts after this loss? Um, yeah, I guess it was a pretty close loss against the Jets. Um, Jets really came to play. I guess I, I was thinking with Tyrod Taylor, maybe they could still uh, beat the Jets. But I guess outside of the second quarter, they just weren't able to generate enough offense to win. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, definitely uh, a little surprising that the Jets were able to get the win. But yeah, a good win for them. I guess getting to the other team from New York, the Giants ended up getting a win as well. They beat the Eagles 13-7. to uh, Looking at the stats for New York, um, we'll get to passing first, and that's Daniel Jones, 202 passing yards and a passing touchdown. In terms of rushing, Saquon Barkley, 13 carries for 40 yards. Daniel Jones also rushed nine times for 30 and then in terms of receiving, Kenny Galladay, three catches for 50 yards. Darius Slayton, three for 40. Evan Ingram, three for 37. And then John Ross, uh, two for 28. While Chris uh, Myrick had uh, two catches for 11 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Nate, I'll just get to you on the Giants. I guess, what are your thoughts on this win? 
Uh, another much needed uh, win for them. Uh, I guess they were able to get to the red zone at least pretty consistently. So even though they weren't able to kind of cross a line into the end zone, um, they were still in field goal range. So I guess that's a pretty important factor. Yeah, for sure. I feel like the Giants defense played really solid in this game. I saw some of the plays that they made. I think uh, Jalen Hurts didn't have a great day. Yeah, uh, he only threw 129 yards for three interceptions. So yeah, big day for that Giants defense. In terms of rushing, Hurts ran for 77 yards on eight carries. Uh, Boston Scott, 15 carries for 64 yards and a touchdown, while Miles Sanders had nine for 64. And then in terms of receiving, Kenneth Gainwell, three catches, 32 yards. Jalen Rager, two for 31. Uh, Quez Watkins, two for 23. And Devontae Smith, two for 22. Um, Mete, getting to you on the Eagles, I think this is a surprising performance from them. Yeah, it's definitely surprising as uh, the Eagles have been pretty good lately. Uh, I was saying last episode, they're running more, which definitely helps them. Uh, this game hurts. Just had a rough time, three interceptions, under 50% completion rate. So, yeah, but like you said, the Giants defense played great. But usually when the Cowboys aren't on, I just watch the uh, red zone. And I was able to watch the last drive for this game. Uh, Hurts, he hit Rager twice in the end zone at the end. The first one was kind of unlucky. He hit him in the helmet first. So I guess that's like his excuse to why I kind of threw him off. But the second one was perfect throw right at his hands. Wasn't really a contested catch too, and he just dropped it. So this was a tough one for the Eagles. They could have had this game, definitely. Yeah, I think the Eagles are having Nelson Aguilar vibes at that point. <laughs> from when he was on the Eagles. But uh, anyways, yeah, I, he's definitely been playing better since he got to the Patriots. Um, but yeah, getting to a, a team in the Patriots division, actually, the Miami Dolphins, uh, Tua Tagovailoa, uh, really balling out here for this Dolphins team. They beat the Carolina Panthers 33-10. to 10. Looking at Tua's stats, 230 passing yards uh, and a passing touchdown for him. He's just been so solid since coming back from injury. Uh, in terms of rushing, Miles Gaskin, uh, 16 carries, 49 yards, and two touchdowns. Philip Lindsay just joining this team, 12 carries for 42 yards. Then in terms of receiving, Jalen Waddle, nine catches, 37 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Durham Smythe, five for 32 in the air. Um, Albert Wilson, five for 17. And Mike Kosicki, three catches, 17 yards. Um, I guess, Mete, getting two on the Dolphins, this team's been on quite a roll. I think it's three in a row now. Yeah, I think they're at four. Uh... Definitely oh, wow. three or four, something like that. Yeah, they're red oh. hot right now. So, yeah, they're looking great. Tua, only four incompletions. That's very impressive. Uh, the run game hasn't been great, but two touchdowns for Gaskin uh, is always great. And they just got Lindsey, like you said. So he can definitely help them out. And Waddle, yeah, he's looking great. They don't have Devontae Parker and Will Fuller right now. I, uh, those are two of their better receivers. So if those two come back as well, they'll be even better. Yeah, I definitely agree. This Dolphins team is definitely heading in the right direction. I guess speaking of completions, Cam Newton had a really bad completion percentage in this game. Five for 21, not good. Uh, only 92 pass yards, two interceptions. P.J. Walker comes in and does pretty much the same thing, 87 yards and an interception. So 
QB situation not looking very good in Carolina. Hopefully Cam can bounce back after the bye. Um, in terms of rushing, Christian McCaffrey, 10 carries for 35 yards. Uh, he's now out for the season, which is unfortunate for this Panthers team trying to make the playoffs. Uh, Cam Newton, uh, he rushed three times for five yards and a rushing touchdown in this game. And then in terms of receiving, DJ Moore, four catches, 103 yards, big game for him. Uh, Brandon Zalstra had one for 24. And then Amir Abdullah had two catches for 20 yards. I guess, Nate, getting to uh, this team, I guess this offense is kind of falling apart. Yeah, the um, addition of Cam Newton, or I guess his return, was supposed to kind of be a spark in the offense that kind of allows them to stay in the game or maybe even take over. But I guess, um, like Mete said, Miami's red hot right now. I'm actually pretty surprised that they were able to hold the offense to only 10 points. I mean, the Panthers, they weren't even able to get field goals. They would get to the red zone, and then Miami would just find a way to stop them from even getting field goals. So um, really impressive win by the Dolphins. And I guess for the Panthers, they, they just need to find a way to get not just into the red zone, but into the end zone. Yeah, I know we were talking earlier this year. It wasn't Miami's offense that was the problem. It was their defense, and it looks like they have gotten things under control uh, when it comes to that. Of course, their head coach, Brian Flores, is defensively minded, so he definitely probably steadied the ship there. And yeah, the Dolphins are looking really strong moving forward. And I guess getting to the team in their division, the Patriots, they got a big win, 36-13 over the Titans. Of course, the Titans were out of a lot of players, but the Patriots did what they had to do, win big, and that's what they did. Uh, Mac Jones, 310 passing yards, two passing touchdowns for him, big day. Then in terms of rushing, Ramondre Stevenson, nine carries for 46 yards. Uh, Damian Harris, 11 carries for 40 yards and a rushing touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, Jacoby Myers, five catches, 98 yards. Kendrick Bourne, five catches, 61 yards and two touchdowns. Brandon Bolden, four for 54. And then John o. Smith, three catches, 449 yards. Um, I guess, Nate, I'll just get to you on the Patriots. I guess, what are your thoughts on this team? I mean, I know the Titans are out of a lot of players, but I feel like um, it's still a pretty good win um, by New England. I mean, Mac Jones, he is looking like rookie of the year candidate right now. Yeah, I definitely agree. Patriots are playing really solid right now. Uh, definitely one of the top three teams in the AFC for sure. I will definitely have to see how they play in their next matchup as they're going against Buffalo. So uh, that's a big game there. But moving to Tennessee now, um, in terms of passing, Ryan Tannehill, only 93 pass yards. He had a passing touchdown and he threw an interception. Uh, in terms of rushing, Dontrell Hilliard, two carries for 131 yards and a touchdown. I believe he had, I think, a 60-something yard touchdown in this game as well. Um, Deontay Foreman also had a nice day, 19 carries, 109 yards for him. I guess they kept the offense mostly on the ground here because in terms of receiving, Nick Westbrook-Akeen, two catches for 25 yards and a touchdown. Cody Hollister had two for 22, and I guess the rest in this offense was not notable as there was no A.J. Brown or Julio Jones through the air. Uh, Mette, getting to you on this Titans team, I don't know, should we be concerned with them a little bit? Yeah, I would be concerned. Uh, especially as long as the, uh, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are out at least because those two, they're uh, two of the best receivers in the league right now. Even though Julio is having a rough year, 
Uh, he's still got an amazing resume, so I'd still call him a top guy. And then, yeah, they're without those two, so the passing game just struggles. Uh, they're against a good Patriots defense, so it makes sense. And then their defense also doesn't show up. The only thing they could do was run the ball, but it just wasn't enough for this game. Yeah, I think A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are both extremely talented. Probably both of them are like top 10, top 15 receivers in the league. But they, I don't know, for some reason, this offense is just not tailored to their skills. They're just, they just seem to be struggling this year. Um, both of them, obviously, Julio Jones not being as healthy. A.J. Brown as well um, definitely contributes to it. But yeah, um, I don't know what needs to be done. But um, hopefully the Titans won't be stuck at eight wins for most of the year because uh, they had a really hot start heading into the season. I guess speaking of a team that was really hot in this game, Cincinnati Bengals 41, the Pittsburgh Steelers 10, a big win for the Bengals. Um, Joe Burrow, 190 yards, a passing touchdown and an interception. Uh, the big game was Joe Mixon, 28 carries, 165 yards and two rushing touchdowns for him. Joe Burrow also had a carry for eight yards and a rushing touchdown. Uh, then in terms of receiving, T. Higgins, six catches, 114 yards and a receiving touchdown. Jamar Chase, three for 39 yards and Tyler Boyd, two catches, 13 yards. Um, I guess, Mette, I'll get to you on the Bengals. This is a big divisional win. Yeah, man, it's a huge win. Uh, I don't, I can't remember the last time they swept the Steelers, so that's huge for them. Uh, they sweep them this year, finally. And, yeah, there are seven wins, which is crazy. I think most Bengals fans, they'd be happy with, like, five wins before the season even started, and now... I know they're not the AFC North leaders. They're probably in a wild card spot. So, yeah, it looks like they're in a playoff spot right now, which is uh, unreal to think. Yeah, I mean, that whole division is just hovering around the playoffs at this point. So, yeah, really impressive from the Bengals. I guess getting to the Steelers, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, 263 pass yards, a passing touchdown, but two interceptions. Uh, Najee Harris really couldn't get anything done on the ground. Only eight carries for 23 yards. Balage similar, only three for 21. And then uh, getting to the air, Deontay Johnson did his normal thing. Nine catches, 95 yards. Chase Claypool, three for 82. And then Pat Fryer moved four catches, 40 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Um, I guess, Nate, getting to you on this Pittsburgh team, I guess, what are your thoughts? Um, I guess the Steelers this year are more reliance on defense, but the Bengals have a really good offense this year. And the Bengals also have a really good defense as well. Um, the Bengals are also really good at um, stopping the run, so kind of forces you to pass, and it kind of um, makes the other team more predictable when you can reliably stop the run game, and I guess the Bengals were able to do that. I mean, yeah, the Bengals can stop the run, but their pass defense isn't too bad either. So um, I definitely agree that their defense as a whole has improved as well. Um, yeah, Pittsburgh, I know they were missing some players in this game, but I mean, this kind of a blow, it's really not acceptable at this point. Um, I don't know what they need to do to fix things up, but they got Baltimore in week 13. So they definitely need to change some things up heading into that game. Um, I guess getting to the next game, the Atlanta Falcons being the Jacksonville Jaguars, 21-14. Uh, looking at the stats for the Falcons, uh, Matt Ryan, 190 pass yards, a passing touchdown and an interception. 
Cordero Patterson, uh, he was back in this game, 16 carries, 108 yards and two touchdowns, big game for him. Uh, in terms of receiving, Patterson also had two catches for 27 yards. Russell Gage, six catches for 62 yards and a touchdown. And Kyle Pitts was kind of quiet here. He went only two for 26, while Mike Davis was three catches for 25 yards. Uh, Nate, I'll just get to you on the Falcons. I guess, what are your thoughts on this win? Sorry about that. Yeah, much needed um, win by the Falcons. They've been... Um, again, pretty shaky this year, so they'll have to take any win that they can get. Yeah, I mean, they are at five and six. They still have a chance to make the playoffs. They have a lot of tough teams to play, though. I know the Saints are coming up. I believe they have one more game with the Bucs as well. So, um, yeah, um, they've been a little shaky. Hopefully, they this this will be sort of the start of their turnaround, and maybe the, they'll take a crack at making the playoffs because I think with Patterson in the lineup, they're just a whole different team. I can definitely say that. I'm getting to the Jaguars now. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, 228 pass yards, a passing touchdown and an interception. Uh, in terms of rushing, uh, James Robinson, 17 carries for 86 yards. And then in terms of receiving, uh, Laquan Treadwell, four catches, 53 yards. Marvin Jones, four catches, 43 yards. And LaVisca Chenault, three catches, 433 yards. While Tavon Austin had two catches, 421 yards and a receiving touchdown. Um, I guess, uh, Matt, I'll get to you on this Jacksonville team. I don't know. I guess, what are your thoughts? I feel like, honestly, they're a bit better than the 2-9 and nine record. Uh, I feel like they've played a lot of close games, honestly. Like, they've lost a lot, like their record says. But I don't know. I feel like I just remember them being in a lot of close games, and this was one of them. Uh yeah, they've got a rookie quarterback, so he's going to need some time and experience to get better. And uh, yeah, they've been without DJ Chark for a while. And I think Dan Arnold just went down, which is kind of a big blow as uh, ever since they acquired him, he's become one of Trevor Lawrence's favorite targets. So it's going to suck uh, for Lawrence that Arnold is out. I believe Jamal Agnew also went out in week 11. So, yeah, a lot of their main targets, they've been out. A really tough blow for the Jags team for sure. I guess getting to the next game, Denver Broncos beating the LA Chargers 28-13. to A big win for the Broncos here. That's a divisional win. Um, getting to their stats, um, Teddy Bridgewater, 129 passing yards and a passing touchdown. And then Drew Locke uh, played in this game. He threw for 26 yards and an interception. Uh, in terms of rushing, um, big uh, game on the ground for this Broncos team. Um, Melvin Gordon, 17 carries, 83 yards. Javante Williams, 14 carries, 54 yards, and a rushing touchdown. Then Teddy Bridgewater, uh, two carries, 10 yards, and a rushing touchdown as well. Getting to receiving, Javante Williams, three catches for 57 yards. Tim Patrick, two for 26. And then Jerry Judy, two catches for 25 yards, while Eric Saubert, his one catch was for a yard and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Mette, I'll just get to you on the Broncos. Yeah, this is a pretty big win. Yeah, it's a big win. They had a hot start, if you guys remember, uh, at 3-0. It kind of cooled off, but past couple weeks, it looks like they're fixing up again. Uh, Bridgewater, he's, I, I like his game. He's solid. He doesn't take many risks. They've got two good running backs, so I think they're a pretty solid team and this AFC 
West division, I want to say, is crazy. They've got uh, four winning teams in that division. So, yeah, that's a really good division there. I was going to say both them and the AFC North, they seem to be really close divisions in terms of not knowing who's going to actually win the division. Um, I guess getting to the Chargers now, uh, rough game for them. Justin Herbert, he threw for 303 passing yards. He threw two touchdowns, but also two interceptions. In terms of rushing, uh, I think Herbert, uh, his four carries went for 36 yards. Eckler had 12 for 31, so not too productive there. Um, but in terms of receiving, Eckler did play well. Uh, six catches, 68 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Keenan Allen, seven for 85 through the year. Mike Williams, four catches for 39 yards. And then Jared Cook, two catches, 25 yards, and a receiving touchdown. I guess, Nate, I'll get to you on this Chargers team. I guess, what are your thoughts on this loss? Um, I mean, Denver is kind of a sleeper team for this division. So even though um, it looks like on paper, um, the Chargers should be able to win because they, they have like more talent and stuff. You can't really sleep on them too much. Broncos have a really good um, defense and a really well, they have a pretty solid um, offense overall. And I think the Chargers' biggest problem is kind of their defense, especially their run game. Just not being able to um, stop the run kind of. It causes some, some problems because the Broncos were able to score against the Chargers defense pretty consistently and the Chargers were having the same problems kind of responding to that so I feel like figuring out how to stop the run games couldn't be the biggest thing for them yeah the run defense has been a problem for the Chargers all year I think they're bottom three in the league in run defense and that's not good if you're trying to make the playoffs as for Denver yeah uh, two big wins recently over Dallas and over the LA Chargers so they are moving in the right direction which is nice to see um, getting to the next game, big matchup here, Green Bay Packers being the LA Rams 36 to 28. Uh, looking at the Packers right now, uh, Aaron Rodgers, 307 passing yards, two passing touchdowns for him. Uh, in terms of rushing, AJ Dillon, 20 carries for 69 yards, Aaron Jones, 10 for 23, and then Aaron Rodgers, two carries for a rushing touchdown. Uh, and then in terms of receiving, uh, Devontae Adams, eight catches, 104 receiving yards. Uh, Randall Cobb, four for 95 and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, four for 58 through the year. And then A.J. Dillon, five catches, 421 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on Green Bay. And yeah, this team's still playing really solid. Yeah, I know they had a little bit of an adjustment period. So people were thinking, okay, maybe the Packers aren't going to be this uh, that good this year, but um, Packers proved everybody wrong. Nine and three, it's a really good record. So solid as usual. Yeah, I definitely agree. Solid as usual. Um, getting to the Rams, um, I think they've had like two or three straight losses. It's a tough time for them right now. Um, Matthew Stafford, 302 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, but an interception. Um, in terms of rushing, uh, Darnell Henderson, or sorry, Darrell Henderson. Um, 16 carries for 55 rushing yards. In terms of receiving, Cooper Cup, seven catches, 496 yards. Van Jefferson, three for 93 in a receiving touchdown. And then Odell Beckham, five for 81 in a receiving touchdown. While Daryl Henderson had four catches, 418 yards in a receiving touchdown. Um, Matt let me get to you on the Rams. I guess just what are your thoughts on this team? Yeah, they've been on a slump. Pretty sure they went 0-3 in the month of November. So. That's no good. 
I also think I saw a post saying Matthew Stafford three straight games has his pick six, so that's not good as well. And then I think Daryl Henderson, he might be out for next week. So again, not good. Uh, and they lost Robert Woods. Uh, yeah, they had such a great start. And uh, we were thinking, oh, they're contenders. I still think they are, but it's a little concerning right now to see the slump they're in. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, the Rams definitely need to turn some things around. I know they do have Jacksonville coming up next week, so I guess that might be the opportunity for them to do that. All right, getting to the next game, uh, the San Francisco 49ers beating the Minnesota Vikings 34-26. to um, I guess just looking at the stats here for the San Francisco 49ers, um, I guess big game for them. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, 230 pass yards, uh, passing touchdown and an interception for him. Uh, in terms of rushing, Eli Mitchell, 27 carries, 133 yards and a rushing touchdown. Big game for him. Debo Samuel, 6 carries, 66 yards and two rushing touchdowns. So another g- big game for Debo Samuel. And then uh, in terms of receiving, Brandon Ayuk, three catches for 91 yards. Kyle Juszczyk, two for 37 uh, Eli Mitchell, five for 35, and uh, Juwan Jennings, uh, two catches, 24 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Nate, let me get to you on the 49ers. I guess, what are your thoughts? I think this is a pretty solid win, especially against a team like the Vikings that are um, pretty good overall. Um, they were able to score consistently against the Vikings, which is, uh, I think, really impressive. They even outpaced them. So, yeah, solid win. Yeah, definitely solid win for the 49ers. They've won like three or four games in a row, so they're doing really well. Um, Getting to the Vikings now, uh, Kirk Cousins, 238 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, In terms of rushing, uh, Dalvin Cook, 10 carries for 39 yards. Alex Madison, seven carries for 21 yards and a rushing touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, Justin Jefferson, four catches, 83 yards. Uh, Dallin Cook, six for 64. Adam Thielen, five catches for 62 yards and two touchdowns. And Tyler Conklin, uh, two for 25 in this game. And uh, Mete, let me get to you on the Vikings. I guess, what are your thoughts? They've just been a really, uh, how should I say it, uh, frustrating team. So last week, I'm pretty sure they just beat the uh, Packers. And then every time you're thinking, uh, they're coming off a big win. They're ready to go on a big run and finally get in the playoff picture. And and then they just come out the next week and have a game like this. So, yeah, I think defense is the main issue. I'm noticing a lot of their games, it's just high-scoring games. I like Cousins. I think he's having a great year. Uh, Dalvin Cook, he's top two running back in the league, although – uh, pretty sure he's out next week, so that sucks. But Madison does a great job filling in for him. And then Jefferson and Thielen, that's a great combo. So, yeah, they're frustrating because they've got a great roster. They just can't uh, become a consistent team right now. Yeah, I feel like when they're away from home, they don't seem to play as well. I think I noticed that in this game as well. Um, they sort of let the game slip away, and then they just really couldn't come back. Um, getting to the Sunday night game now, Baltimore Ravens beating the Cleveland Browns 16-10. to 10. 
um, getting to the Ravens offense, Lamar Jackson, 165 passing yards. Uh, he had a passing touchdown, but he had four interceptions. So very concerning, um, strong effort by the Browns defense in this game. Then in terms of rushing, uh, Lamar Jackson led his team 17 carries for 68 yards. Devontae Freeman, 16 for 52. And then in terms of receiving, Mark Andrews, four catches, 65 yards and receiving touchdown. Marquise Brown, uh, eight catches for 51 yards. And Rashad Bateman, four for 31 yards. Um, I guess, Mete, I'll get right back to you on this Ravens team. I don't know, are you a bit concerned even though they won? Uh, I think I'm not that concerned. Four interceptions is a lot, but uh, it's it's just like Lamar is a person as well. Uh, he's allowed to have a bad game, and it's probably his first four interception game of his career. As I can't remember him throwing this many interceptions, so I think it just it's a rough week. It happens, but they still got it done. So a win's a win. I was going to say, I feel like it's uh, more uh, on how good the Cleveland defense is uh, compared to how bad Lamar played. I feel like uh, Cleveland, they put up a solid effort on defense, but the offense just really wasn't clicking uh, in this game. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 247 passing yards and a passing touchdown. In terms of rushing, Kareem Hunt back in this game, seven carries for only 20 yards, and Nick Chubb, eight for 16. So really nothing on the ground for this team. Uh, they had to resort uh, through the air, and even then, not a lot. Uh, Landry had a good game, though. Uh, six catches for 111 receiving yards. Harrison Bryant, three for 50. David Njoku, three for 35 and a receiving touchdown. And then Nick Chubb, two for 23. Just not a lot else there. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on your Browns. I guess, what are your thoughts? Um, I guess for Cleveland, it's come down to um, their their defense is really good and it's allowing um, the Browns to stay in the game. But in terms of um, offense, I mean, the Ravens have a good run defense, so it's kind of expected that um, Chubb and Hunt wouldn't be able to have the same impact as they usually would. But uh, 20 yards um, each is... Uh, pretty low and I guess for the passing um, in terms of yardage it was good they were able to kind of adjust a little bit in the third and fourth quarter they started um, throwing long a little bit more kind of um, it's it started to help them but they still weren't able to get into the end zone and the Ravens uh, I guess adapted their defense to what the Browns were doing and then the Browns couldn't adapt to that so I guess there, I feel like the offense might be getting a little bit better, but they're still a long way off. I was going to say that um, the Browns rely really heavily on their run offense. So when they can't get it going, um, they normally have, like they have play action. So they'll use the running back as sort of a way to sort of distract the defense and get a pass off. But with Baker's like injury and everything he's going through, he just seems to be a little bit off. And it's throwing the entire offense off at this point. You got Kareem Hunt's dad complaining that Baker's not throwing to him properly and stuff. Like all of these things, I think Baker just needs to have like season ending uh, surgery on whether it's his shoulder or whatever, and just let Keenum go at it. Cause I don't think Baker's right right now. I, I feel like the injuries really are hurting him. So um, we'll see what the coach's decision is on that. But I think that there's going to come a point in time where Baker's hurting this team um, more than, um, you know, someone like Keenum would uh, if he was starting in the game. But we'll have to see moving forward, I guess. 
Um, getting to Monday night, though, uh, Seattle Seahawks losing to the Washington football team, 17-15. to 15. Uh, This was a close game all the way up to the end. Um, Seattle almost got an onside kick to sort of take the lead, but it just didn't happen. Um, yeah, it was, it was a rough game overall, but uh, solid for the football team. Taylor Heineke, a 223 passing yards, a passing touchdown, and an interception. Uh, in terms of rushing, Antonio Gibson, 29 carries for 111 rushing yards. So huge game for him. Uh, J.D. McKissick, seven carries for 30 yards and a rushing touchdown. He suffered a gruesome injury. I really hope he's okay after that. Um, It looks like Gibson's going to have the backfield going forward. But in terms of receiving, Terry McLaurin, four catches for 51 yards. DeAndre Carter, four for 42. Antonio Gibson, seven for 35. Logan Thomas, three for 31. And J.D. McKissick, five for 26. And another touchdown, this time receiving. Um, I guess, Nate, I'll get to you on the football team. Big win. And uh, what are your thoughts? A really good defensive effort. I feel like this is kind of the football team that we were kind of expecting, a defense that can slow down the other team and uh, put them in a position where they can um, let the offense um, do enough work to, I guess, get them ahead. So really solid job, especially against a solid Seahawks team. Yeah, I feel like with Chase Young getting injured, this defense sort of picked up the slack and they've been playing a lot better you know, covering for him, especially the line of scrimmage. Like they were harassing Wilson the entire game. Uh, He really couldn't get a lot done. Um, Getting to the Seahawks, Russell Wilson, 247 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. So pretty decent day for him. He seems to be back to normal for the most part. He also rushed two times for 16 yards to lead the team as well. They couldn't get a rushing game going, so they really struggled. Uh, In terms of receiving, Tyler Lockett, three catches for 96 yards. Gerald Everett, 5 for 37 in a receiving touchdown. And then Freddie Swain, one catch for 32 yards in a receiving touchdown. Um, Mettail, get to you on the Seahawks. I mean, is their season done or, or what's up with them? Yeah, they're playing in a really tough division. They're 3-8, and eight, so I don't want to say it, but I feel like their season might be done at this point. Uh, they've just been having a tough year. Wilson went down. They probably won maybe like a game while he was out. So that didn't help. And then, yeah, he's been back for three weeks now and they still haven't won. So like you said, the run game was non-existent. I feel like ever since Chris Carson went down, the run game has been really rough there. Uh, They played good on defense. I feel like their main issue is defense for this team and Uh, The commentator last night was pointing out uh, the difference of time of possession and the Seahawks defense was out there for most of the game. So for them to only give up 17 is really impressive. And yeah, I feel like the run game's got to be better, but right now it's looking really tough for the Seahawks. Yeah, I was going to say the most wins they could get this year would be nine. And I think you're going to need 10 wins to get into the playoffs this year. I think you either got to be like, what, 10-7 or like 10-6-1, and something like that. If you want to get into the playoffs, I don't feel like nine wins is going to cut it this year. So I think it's definitely going to be tough for the Seahawks to get in at this point, especially since they'll have to win six games in a row, which in itself is very tough. Um, let's just move on now uh, to the fantasy football pickups. Um, Mette, I'll start with you. I guess who's your running back pickup for the week? 
Yeah, so for running back, I decided to go with Jamal Williams from the Detroit Lions. Uh, he's currently 41% rostered, so it's probably a shallow league pickup. He's playing the Minnesota Vikings. And yeah, uh, with DeAndre Swift likely out, I feel like uh, Williams, even if Swift is in, he's still going to get good usage as uh, he still gets touches with Swift there, but it's not looking like Swift will play. So there's a good chance he gets way more touches than usually. He's got a solid matchup against the Vikings. Uh, Their defense hasn't been the greatest, like I said, during the recap. And then he's a good pass catcher too. So he's got catching upside. Detroit doesn't have many great targets. So that's also great in his favor and works great in his favor. Sorry. And Jared Goff, he throws a lot of checkdowns. So that also helps him out. I think he's a good pickup for this week. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I guess for my running back pickup for the week, I'm going to target that same game, except on the other side. Um, I have Alex Madison for the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously, Dalvin Cook, I believe he suffered a shoulder injury. It's going to be out for at least one game. Uh, So uh, if you have Dalvin Cook, uh, Madison's a must-add. If you don't have Dalvin Cook, but you need a fill-in guy for this week, uh, definitely go pick up Alex Madison. He's going to slot in as a starting RB1 for you. Um, even when he gets on the field, he even looks like Dalvin Cook, uh, hair and the way they run it's pretty much the same thing at this point. Um, he can get close to 20 fantasy points in half point PPR. So definitely uh, go add him up. Um, I guess Nate, I'll get to you for your running back pickup for the week. For the week, you can maybe take a look at Boston spot, Boston Scott. Um, it's around 20% rostered right now. He had a big game against the Giants, and they're facing the Jets. And I feel like the Jets have a worse defense than the Giants. So um, as long as he's allowed to um, have the same number of carries as um, against the Giants, um, he should see a lot of fantasy points. Yeah, hopefully he'll get some passing game work as well because he has been pretty solid there. Um, Matt, I'll move to you for wide receivers. Who's your pickup for the week? Yeah, so I was really surprised. Uh, Kadarius Tony from the New York Giants, he's only at 47% rostered. And it's another shallow league guy, but I think he's way too good to be on the waiver wire. If he's there, just snatch him as soon as you can. It's questionable, but still, uh, you should pick him up. Giants love him. They tried their hardest to get him involved in the uh, in the game as... He threw a pass a couple weeks ago, and I think he's even rushed. So, yeah, he's got potential outside of just reception points, which always helps. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, My wide receiver pickup for the week, it's the same one as last week. Um, It's uh, Van Jefferson for the L.A. Rams. I recommended him last week. Um, I said that Stafford seems to like targeting him, especially deep down the field and in the red zone. And then look what happened. Uh, He just really popped off this past game. He had 93 yards and a receiving touchdown. Um, I believe he also dropped a touchdown thrown by Cooper Cup. So he could have had two touchdowns there. It's really being targeted in the red zone. You definitely got to pick up Van Jefferson. No idea how he's still under 50% rostered in Yahoo leagues. This guy's must own this Rams team, especially if Henderson doesn't play, will be pass heavy for their upcoming game. So you definitely want to add Van Jefferson into your lineup. Uh, You might even be able to start him in your flex spot, depending on who you have playing. So um, definitely a must add. 
Um, Nate, let me get to you. Who's your wide receiver pickup for the week? I guess for the week, maybe you can take a look at Kendrick Bourne. Again, 24% roster right now. Um, he's been pretty um, hot right now. He had 20 points against Tennessee. And Buffalo does have a better defense, so maybe he won't get 20 points. But I feel like um, he's a pretty solid player, so why not pick him up? Yeah, for sure. He's definitely been trending up the past couple of weeks. Definitely agree. Um, I guess uh, getting to uh, quarterback pickups for the week, I'll start here. Um, I have Taysom Hill. And the reason I have him is because according to practice reports, um, he's supposed to be the starter for the Thursday matchup uh, against Dallas. Um, and the thing is, when Taysom Hill's the starting quarterback, um, he has rushing upside. Um, he doesn't pass for you know more than 200 yards usually, but um, at the same time, um, he can even catch touchdowns as well. Uh, they'll, they'll run different looks in the red zone. Um, he'll definitely get groundwork for the most part uh, to add to maybe the 100 or so yards he throws. And you should end up with uh, a quarterback around 20 fantasy points. So, I mean, he's worth a look if you need a fill-in starter. Maybe you have someone on by, maybe you have an injury. Yeah, definitely look uh, Taysom Hill's way. I, I definitely think he could be a guy that could, you know, pop off for this coming week. Um, Mete, I'll get to you for tight ends. I guess who's your tight end pickup for the week? Yeah, so for tight ends, I really liked what I saw from Gerald Everett this week from the Seattle Seahawks, 27% rostered on Yahoo, and uh, he's playing the San Francisco 49ers, so it's kind of a tougher matchup, but it's been fantasy relevant ever since Wilson came back. He just led the team and targets uh, during the Monday night loss to the football team, and then the two games prior with Wilson, he saw eight targets and then four targets. So, yeah, the targets are up. He's got a good quarterback throwing to him, and I think he should be higher than a 27% ownage rate. Yeah, I definitely agree. Definitely a guy if you need a tight end to stream, definitely go pick up. Um, Nate, I'll get to you. I guess who's your tight end for the week? I guess for the week, maybe you can take a look at uh, Jack Doyle. He got 17 um, last week against Tampa Bay. He's 1% rostered, so virtually every waiver wire in and um, all of Yahoo or whatever you're, you're playing fantasy is going to have Jack Doyle. He's against Houston, so there should be a decent matchup there. Houston does have a decent pass defense, but I feel like Jack Doyle should still be able to play pretty, pretty solidly, especially if he gets seven targets like last week. Yeah, I feel like most of Houston's pass defense is just good for turnovers. Uh, in terms of coverage, I don't know if they're as good. So, yeah, I definitely agree uh, with the pickup. Uh, definitely in deep leagues. And then maybe if you're sort of in a pinch in like a shallower league, I guess you could pick him up. And then, yeah, that's going to be the end of our fantasy pickups for the week. Uh, so let's just move right into the preview for week 13. Um, I guess we'll start with the Thursday night matchup. Mette, I'll get it to you. It's Cowboys against Saints. Yeah, so for the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard in deeper leagues, CeeDee Lamb, if he could play, it looks like he will, but still not 100%. Amari Cooper, if he can play as well, it looks like he might not be able to play. That's what I'm seeing right now. And then if one or both are out, you could look at Cedric Wilson. He had a big game. Uh, Dalton Schultz for sure. And then Michael Gallup. 
for the Saints, Taysom Hill, like you said, seeing uh, first team reps in practice right now. He's got rushing upside, so uh, he's a good play, I feel like. Alvin Kamara, if he could play. If he can't play, maybe Tony Jones Jr. If Mark Ingram is also out, but if Ingram is healthy and Kamara is out, I would play Ingram instead of Jones. And then Traquan Smith, uh, Marcus Callaway, I'd go for in deeper leagues and if you're really desperate. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree. And uh, we'll move right into the spread now. Metti, I'll start with you. The Cowboys are favored by four and a half. Which side are you on here? Uh, it's a tough call. I feel like without Cooper, could be a close game, honestly. Uh, like I said, the Cowboys are kind of slumping right now. And I feel like uh, the quarterback change is really going to help the Saints. Uh, Hill, he's got, he can use his legs and they could even like line him up as a running back, wide receiver, tight end, whatever. So yeah, for those reasons, I feel like I might side with the Saints. They're also home, so that helps as well. All right, Nate, let me get to you. Um, Cowboys are favored by four and a half. Which side are you on? I feel like it comes down to defense this game. So um, even though the Cowboys can still beat the Saints, I feel like the Saints might be able to keep the game close with their defense. So I guess I'll just go with them. Yeah, I, I was leaning towards the Saints. Obviously, if Kamara's out, I feel like I might uh, change to maybe taking Dallas. But, um, yeah, the Saints, they're in a great spot here. They're at home. Um, they're getting points. Um, I feel like their defense has been pretty good. Their offense just needs to step it up. And I guess if Kamara and Hill are both uh, starting, then uh, that'll be a good reason for you to take the Saints. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I'll go with the Saints as well. I'm um, getting to the next matchup, Chicago against Arizona. I'll preview that one for fantasy. Uh, for the Bears, you're starting David Montgomery and Darnell Mooney, and those are probably your two safest options. Um, guys, you could maybe start in deep leagues. I guess Justin Fields should be back this week, so maybe you could roll him out in a deep league or maybe a two-quarterback league. Uh, Cole Komet at tight end, maybe like a, a sleeper play, and then Allen Robinson in a deep league if he returns to play. Uh, in terms of uh, the Cardinals, if Kyler Murray's back, you just roll him in and start him. Uh, you're starting James Conner, obviously. He's been really solid. Hopkins, if he's back, you start him. Christian Kirk, solid slot receiver. You can start him. And then Zach Kurtz at tight end. He's been like a top 10 tight end most of the year, so definitely start him. Uh, deep league guys would be like maybe Rondell Moore, A.J. Green, guys like that. Um, getting to the spread now. Um, it looks like the Cardinals are favored by seven and a half. I think this means Kyler Murray should play. I don't know, Nate, what are your thoughts? I mean, the Cardinals, they're really solid with or without Kyler Murray. And assuming Kyler Murray plays, I feel like um, seven and a half should be doable. It's just a score and a field goal, basically. All right. And getting to Mete, Cardinals is favored by seven and a half. Which side are you on? Uh, this one is kind of tough. Bears are home, and I like how they played with Dalton. I feel like their run game should be better than Thanksgiving, so I might lean with the Bears, honestly. Yeah, I think for the Bears, my only concern is it looks like they're bringing Justin Fields back, so if he does start, I'm just concerned that the offense might not be able to score enough, and I feel like they've been resting Kyler Murray a lot, I feel like he was ready to play the game before the bye, 
but they just held them out until after the bye. So I think Kyler Murray should return healthy. I think I'm going to take the Cardinals on the spread here. Definitely think Hopkins should be back as well. They should be able to cover this game. Uh, Nate, let me get to you for the next matchup, Tampa Bay against the Atlanta Falcons. So I guess for Tampa Bay, um, really starter heavy for the most part. Um, you can take a look at Tom Brady, uh, Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Rob Gronkowski. Um, for deep leagues, uh, for whatever reason, Ronald Jones has been getting he, uh, nine fantasy points in a league in in in, uh, in a row for the past two weeks. So, if you're in a deep league, maybe you can start him. Um, for Antonio Brown, he is still questionable, so I've just put him. Um, I guess as a deep league start, depending whether or not he's healthy. And I guess for Atlanta, it's kind of tough to tell who you can start. Maybe Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts, Matt Ryan, um, maybe a deep league only. Right. And uh, getting to the spread, Bucks are favored by 11. Nate, I guess, which side are you on here? It's kind of a big spread, but honestly, I'd still take the Bucks. I feel like. They're still one of the best teams in the league, and I don't think the Falcons have the defense to stop them. And I feel like their offense is kind of shaky at times. So I feel like they might not be able to keep up with the Bucks this week. All right, Mete, uh, getting two on the spread. Bucks favored by 11. Which side do you like? Yeah, I totally agree with all of Nate's points. Even though it is a bigger spread, it's the defending Super Bowl champions, and I think they can handle 11 points. So I'll go with the Buccaneers as well. Yeah, I feel like this is a game. I mean, if the Bucs, uh, if they score the first touchdown, they could go up by maybe 10 early, and then they'll just need one more score after that, and they should be able to cover. So, yeah, um, I think I might lean towards the Bucs here. Obviously, if it moves past like 13 or 14, I might have to lean towards the Falcons because it is a divisional game. But um, I think right now it should be okay to take the Bucs. Um, getting to the next game, New York Giants against Miami. Matty, I'll get to you for fantasy. All right. So for the Giants, uh, definitely go for Saquon Barkley. Sterling Shepard, if he could play right now, he's questionable. And he's been out for quite some time. So don't rely on him. Kadarius Tony, another guy who's questionable. And then uh, Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay, and Evan Ingram. I'd play in deeper leagues if I'm uh, kind of desperate. For the Dolphins, uh, Tuatanga Vailoa, he's been great since the injury, like you said, James. Miles Gaskin, uh, Mike Kosicki, I'd start. And then Jalen Waddle. Right. Uh, getting to the spread now. Um, it looks like the Dolphins are favored by five. Uh, Mete, which side are you on here? Yeah, I like that spread. They've been red hot, and the Dolphins are at home. It's just got announced today that Daniel Jones is week to week, so the Giants are going to be with Mike Glennon. So, yeah, I really like that spread for the Dolphins. I'd run with that. All right, Nate, how about you? Which side do you like? I mean, the Dolphins have been pretty hot right now. And um, New York, again, they haven't um, been having the best um, offense. So I feel like as long as Miami can outpace the Giants, they should be able to cover. Yeah, I think my thinking heading into this game is uh, the Dolphins, uh, they see the top two teams in their division facing each other this week. 
and they feel like that this is their chance to gain ground in the division. So I don't think the Dolphins lose in this game. They should be able to even cover the spread. Yeah, I think give me the Dolphins at minus five. They definitely should win and cover. Um, getting to the next game, LA Chargers against the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll preview that one for fantasy. Um, for the Chargers, you're starting Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and you could probably roll out Jared Cook. He's been a pretty decent tight end all year. Uh, you can definitely start him. Deep leagues are like Jalen Guyton, Josh Palmer. They catch maybe two or three balls a week. So um, deep league if you're desperate. Um, and then in terms of the Bengals, you're starting Joe Burrow. You're starting Joe Mixon. You're starting T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Then for deep leagues, Tyler Boyd and C.J. Uzama, you could definitely go to. Um, and then uh, looking at the spread for this game, uh, it looks like the Bengals are favored by three at home. Um, I guess, Nate, I'll get to you first. Which side do you like here? Um, It's a little bit hard to tell. I mean, they they both have pretty good um, offense offenses this year. I feel like uh, the Bengals have a little bit better of a defense. It's only minus three, so I feel like why not? All right, Matt, Tay, I'll get to you. I guess, which side are you on here? Bengals are favored by three. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, the Bengals are home, and they're coming off a big win, so I think I'll go with them. The Chargers have been on a slump, and it's not that big of a spread, so I think it makes sense to side with the Bengals. Yeah, I feel like if you look at the teams the Chargers have lost to, they've all had really good run games. They lost to Dallas. They lost to the Patriots. They lost to the Broncos. Teams like that, I mean, they beat teams like Kansas City, who really wasn't running the ball a lot. Uh, so I, I feel like with the Chargers, Joe Mixon might eat up their defense this week. I think I'm going to have to go with the Bengals. Uh, Mixon's been a top five running back this season. And yeah, I think he'll, he'll help the Bengals get the win. So yeah, give me the Bengals to cover here. Um, getting to the next matchup, uh, Philly against the Jets. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on that for fantasy. So I guess for Philadelphia, um, you can take a look at maybe Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts, if he's um, healthy and ready to play. Um, take a look at Boston Scott. Maybe in deep leagues, you can look at um, Dallas Goddard and maybe Jalen Rager if they give him enough targets. And I guess for um, the Jets, you could maybe look at uh, Tevin Coleman, Elijah Moore. Corey Davis, if he's healthy, um, maybe Jamison Crowder, maybe Ty Johnson in deeper leagues. All right, and getting to the spread here, um, it looks like the Eagles are favored by six and a half. Nate, uh, which side are you on? Um, I feel like, again, this is kind of hard to tell because six and a half is basically um, one score. Both teams' offenses haven't been um, looking the best at the same time New York doesn't really have the best defense either uh I guess I'm still gonna take the Jets though all right Matt I'll get to you Eagles favored by six and a half which side are you on yeah I kind of like the Jets as well uh like Nate said the Eagles offense uh you really don't know what you're gonna get with them same for the Jets but it's kind of a larger spread, and they're at home. Uh, so, yeah, I think the Jets might be the play for me. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Eagles here. Actually, I feel like they'll bounce back after last game. The Jets have like the 32nd uh, best run defense in the league. And I mean, the Eagles have been focusing on running the ball a lot more lately. Um, I, th- I think they should be able to cover this no problem. I feel like that loss to the Giants was sort of a one-off for them. And I feel like the only reason the Jets beat the Texans is because the Texans just don't have a run game. So, um, yeah, um, I think I'm going to go with the Eagles here. I definitely think they can win and they can cover. Um, I'll get to the next game here. Minnesota against Detroit. Matt, I'll get to that for that for fantasy. Yeah, so for the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, Alexander Madison, he's filling in for Dalvin Cook. I think he'll have a huge game. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and then in deeper leagues, Tyler Conklin, he's been inconsistent, so that's why I'd play him in deeper leagues only. And then for Detroit, DeAndre Swift, if he plays, but it's not looking likely. So Jamal Williams, for sure. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, Josh Reynolds, I kind of like. Uh, he's got chemistry with Goff from previous years on the Rams. And then in deeper leagues, and if you're really desperate, Amon St. Brown could be worth a look. All right. And I guess getting to the spread here, um, looking at the the two teams, uh, the Vikings are favored by seven points. Mete, I'll get to you. Uh, which side are you on here? It's a tough call. The Lions are at home. And the Vikings, like I said, I can't really trust them. They're really inconsistent. So it's kind of a bigger spread and the Lions, they don't have to win to cover for that reason. They played a lot of close games. They're at home. So I think I'll go with the Lions here. Yeah, I think I'm going to lean with the Lions as well. I think the Vikings aren't as strong when they're away from home. I feel like this is a divisional game. It should be closer. And I mean, the Lions getting seven at home seems like a pretty nice pick. So I'll go with that. I guess, Nate, what are your thoughts? The Lions have been able to find ways to keep the games um, under seven for most of their um, games. And the teams that they've been playing against are really solid teams teams as well. I mean, on paper, the Vikings, they have um, good pass game, good uh, run game. So they should be able to get downfield. But I don't know, the Lions, they've been finding ways to protect their end zone. So I feel like sevens to too large for the Vikings, so I'm going to go with the Lions. All right, and I guess getting to the next game, Indianapolis against Houston. I'll preview this one for fantasy. So for Indianapolis, you're starting Carson Wentz, Jonathan Taylor, T.Y. Hilton, and Michael Pittman. Um, I guess deep league guys could be like Nynam Hines, Zach Pascal, Jack Doyle, and Mo Cox. And then uh, in terms of uh, Houston, once again, the only guy you can really start reliably is Brandon Cooks. Um, I feel like the rest of this team can only be starting in deep leagues only. Uh, a guy like Tyrod Taylor, maybe in two quarterback leagues, you can roll him out. Um, and then David Johnson and Rex Burkett are the two other main guys. And yeah, probably only deep leagues or desperation plays. Um, getting to the spread, Colts are favored by eight and a half. Mete getting to you, I guess, which side are you on? Uh, that's kind of a big spread, but it's the Texans, so yeah, I might go with the Colts. Uh, they're a good team, and it's not the biggest spread. At least it's not double digits. I think they should be able to do it. Yeah, I might 
lean towards the Colts here. I know it is tough considering the Texans are vulnerable um, or sorry, volatile week to week. So um, yeah, they, you just don't know what kind of performance you'll get out of them. Uh, they are at home, but yeah, I would still lean with the Colts. I guess, Nate, what are your thoughts? I guess to be different, I'll lean with the Texans. Um, they are at home. Um, the Colts don't have the good pass, the best um, passing defense. Tyrod Taylor's back, so that pretty much puts them in an opportunity to kind of keep up. And I feel like Texans don't necessarily have the best passing defense, but I feel like it's serviceable enough to kind of keep the Texans in the game. All right. And uh, Nate, I'll get right back to you. Washington against um, the Raiders. Uh, preview that one for fantasy. So for Washington, you can take a look at Antonio Gibson, Tara McLaurin. Uh, Heineke in deep leagues, same thing with J.D. McKissick if he's healthy and Logan Thomas. And I guess for um, Vegas, you can take a look at uh, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro. Um, in deeper leagues, Kenyon Drake and Foster Moreau. The reason why I don't think you can start Darren Waller is his knee problems. It's looking like they might think about resting him. So if they do rest him, you're not going to want to start him. All right, and I guess getting to the spread for that game, um, it looks like the Raiders are favored by two and a half at home. Uh, Nate, I guess, what are your thoughts here? I feel like um, Washington just came off a big win. Um, Darren Waller may not play, so assuming that Darren Waller's um, out, I feel like Washington can cover this. All right, Matty, I'll get to you. I guess, which side do you like here? Raiders are favored by two and a half. Yeah, uh, Waller is doubtful, and the football team are hot. I think they're on like a three, four-game win streak, so if you're giving me them as the underdogs, i definitely take them. I feel like my only concerns with the football team is them being able to score enough points to keep up with the Raiders. Your defense will have to play a huge uh, uh, game for them to win. Um, but yeah, I would lean with Washington. I feel like this line could flip uh, halfway through the week uh, leading up to the game. I think it could be the, the football team actually favored later in the week. So if you want to get them uh, with uh, positive points, uh, then now's the time to do it. So yeah, I think this game should be more of a pick up in my opinion. So I'm going to lean uh, getting the points with Washington. Um, and then um, getting to the next game, uh, Mete, just preview Denver against Kansas City. Yeah, so for Denver, I'd start Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, probably in deeper leagues, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, uh, deeper leagues as well, and then Jerry Judy and Noah Fant. Uh, for the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Travis Kelsey, and then Tyree Kill. Those are like their main guys and honestly the only ones that I think are reliable for fantasy. All right, getting to the spread here. Um, it looks like the Chiefs are favored by nine and a half against the Broncos. I guess getting to you, Mete, which side are you on? Uh, that's a really big spread. I think for that reason, even though the Chiefs are home, I might just side with the Broncos. How about you, Nate? Which side are you on here? I mean, it is KC Nation, but at the same time, um, the Broncos are pretty solid on both offense and defense. It's pretty much just comes down to 
um, can you stop the passing game and the run game long enough to keep your um, team in the game? And I feel like Denver is one of those teams that can do that. Yeah, I might lean Denver also, um, just because like Kansas City, they had a hard time covering most of the year, um, especially these larger spreads. Uh, these um, Sunday night games, they usually go back and forth. So I think I'm pretty confident that Denver should be able to cover that as well. I'm getting to the next game, Baltimore against Pittsburgh. Uh, I'll cover that one for fantasy. Um, for the Ravens, you're starting Lamar Jackson, you're starting Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. And then deeper leagues, guys like Devontae Freeman, Latavius Murray, Rashad Bateman, and potentially Sammy Watkins as well. Then for Pittsburgh, uh, you can roll out Deontay Johnson. I think Najee Harris should have a bounce back, so you can roll him out. Uh, Chase Claypool and potentially Pat Fryermuth, uh in, I guess, both shallow and deep leagues. He has been pretty decent. Um, and then for deep leagues, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, potentially two quarterback leagues. And then uh, James Washington in deep leagues. And then uh, for the spread, um, it looks like the Ravens are favored by four and a half. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you first. I guess, which side do you like here? Uh, the Steelers, they haven't been that great. Uh, Ravens, they did win, but it was kind of shaky. But I think I'll still side with the Ravens. They, they're eight and three, something like that. I think they're at the top of the AFC. So, yeah, I think they could cover that. It's not that big. All right, Nate, I guess getting to you, which side do you like here? I mean, minus four isn't uh, that big of a spread, and I feel like the Ravens have had a better season than the Steelers. So, and yeah, I'll go with the Ravens. Yeah, I think it just depends on if TJ Watt's playing. If he's not playing, I'm going to go with the Ravens. I feel like they'll be able to run the ball. Lamar definitely should be able to run the ball. Um, and if uh, TJ Watt does play, I think there's a chance the Steelers can bounce back here. Um, but yeah, for now, I think I'm going to go with Baltimore. They're definitely the, the more solid team. Um, and then getting to San Francisco against uh, Seattle, Nate, I'll get to you for that one for fantasy. So for uh, San Francisco, you can take a look at Elijah Mitchell, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. For deep leagues, um, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, but um, for the most part, I wouldn't really start any of the quarterbacks from San Francisco this week. And maybe from Seattle, you can take a look at Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, uh, Gerald Everett in deep leagues, and Alex Collins in deep leagues as well. All right, and getting to the spread, looks like the 49ers are favored by three and a half. I guess, Nate, which side are you on here? I feel like three and a half. I guess uh, maybe you can go with the 49ers, mostly just because the spread isn't that big. All right, and um, I guess, Mete, bouncing to you, uh, would you take the 49ers at minus three and a half, or would you take the Seahawks? This is a tough one as the Seahawks have been struggling, but I don't know. I just I'm not the biggest fan of the 49ers. So yeah, I think for those for those reasons, I'll just go with the Seahawks since they're home and they have the plus. All right. Um, I think looking at this game. I might just lean with the 49ers because they are on a win streak. These two teams are playing like opposite um, 
types of football. One team's winning a lot. The other team's losing a lot. I think you just got to ride the hot hand. So I think I'm going to lean with the 49ers in this game. Uh, getting to the Rams against the Jaguars. Matty, I'll get to you on that one for fantasy. Uh, okay, so for the Jaguars, James Robinson, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, and then James O'Shaughnessy, maybe in deeper leagues, as Dan Arnold could be done for the year. So uh, James should be the number one tight end in Jacksonville. And then for the Rams, Matthew Stafford, Daryl Henderson, if he could play right now, he's questionable. If not, Sony Michelle. I think he'll do a great job uh, filling in if he gets a start. Odell Beckham Jr., he's coming off the, his best game as a Ram. Cooper Cup, probably the best wide receiver in fantasy right now. You got to play him. And then Tyler Higby. All right. And I guess, what do you think about Van Jefferson? Is he more of a deep league play? Yeah, I forgot about him. In deeper leagues, uh, for sure, he's worth a look. All right. And I guess getting to the spread here, Rams are favored by 12 and a half. Mette, I guess, which side are you on here? Oh, man, that's a big spread, but they are home, and I don't know. I said they're coming off of 0-3 November, so maybe they're, they'll be angry, uh, come out looking for vengeance. So, yeah, they should be motivated. I think uh, they could cover that. All right, Nate, getting to you, I guess, which side do you like here? Um, me and the Rams haven't been playing to their potential and they don't have the best pass defense. So I might fade them this week. I don't know. I feel like uh, the Rams should get off to a lead, but I feel like Jacksonville could get, end up getting like a backdoor cover in like garbage time. I feel like that, uh, I don't know, the Rams just haven't been as solid until I see them um, start playing solid. I think I'm just going to fade them going forward. So that's probably my play on this game since the spread is really big. Um, and then getting to the Monday night game, uh, New England Patriots against the Buffalo Bills. I'll preview that one. Um, for New England, you're starting Damien Harris or Ramondre Stevenson, whoever's starting. You might even be able to roll out both of them because they've both been getting about an equal amount of carries depending on the game. Uh, you could also roll out Jacoby Myers, getting a lot of targets, uh, great PPR play, and uh, potentially Hunter Henry as well as he's been getting a lot of red zone targets. Uh, deeper league guys, Kendrick Bourne, he's on that borderline deeper league, uh, shallow league. So if you're in a pinch, you could throw him out in a shallow league. Um, Jonu Smith, uh, he looked decent. So in a deep league, you could roll him out. Nelson Aguilar and Brandon Bolden are strictly deep league plays. And then Mac Jones, if you're in a deep league or you're in a two quarterback league, you could roll them out. Then for um, the Buffalo Bills, you're starting Josh Allen. You're starting Stefan Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, potentially uh, him and Cole Beasley. They're on that borderline of, of deep league or standard league. So if you're in a pinch, you're probably going to have to start both of them. And then Dawson Knox has been a solid tight end. I think you should be starting him. Um, in terms of sits, uh, probably any running back that plays, whether it's Singletary, Moss, or Matt Breida, um, we don't know who's getting the carries, so I'm not going to recommend starting anyone unless you're in a deep league. And then um, Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, and Emmanuel Sanders, just pick one and toss them in a hat and then put them in your lineup, and maybe they might pop off because I don't know which one's going to be getting the receptions week to week. I think Stefan Diggs is the only 
uh, wide receiver that's extremely reliable. So um, that's the Buffalo Bills. I'll get to the spread here. Uh, it looks like the Bills are favored by two and a half, Nate. I guess which side are you on? I guess um, the Bills are hot right now. Both teams are really good defenses. Um, Mac Jones is a pretty solid quarterback. A little hard to tell, but I feel like two and a half is more or less a pick em, So I'll just go with the Bills. All right, Mette, I'll get to you. Uh, two and a half is the spread favoring the Bills. I guess which side are you on? Yeah, like Nate said, it, it's pretty much a pick em since the spread is so low. And I'm having trouble with it right now. The Patriots are looking great. So it's a toss-up, man. Uh, I guess just because I'm having trouble with it and I think it's a toss-up, I'll just side with the home team to be safe and the Bills. All right, I'm going to go with the Patriots here. Um, not just because I cheer for the Patriots, but um, they are undefeated on the road this season. I think you just got to keep riding them at this point um, until they lose a game on the road. Uh, if they lose this game, um, then I'd be willing to potentially fade them for road matchups. But right now, I just can't get off the Patriots uh, since they're a really strong road team. And I mean, Buffalo has been vulnerable to giving up uh, games recently. I think they've lost three out of their past six games. Some of them were to mediocre teams like Jacksonville. So um, there is a chance that Buffalo could um you know, maybe have a, a stumbling block in this game, whether it's uh, because of the Patriots defense or whatnot. So like you said, Mete, this game is pretty much a toss up. So I think um, Patriots are getting points and they're undefeated on the road. So I think um, I'm going to go with the Patriots there. And yeah, that's pretty much the end of this uh, Fanatics football episode. I think we covered everything uh, in terms of all the games. Um, I guess uh, you can check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. I will have updated picks for all these games up there on uh, Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. So definitely check that out. Uh, in terms of uh, this podcast, we're on YouTube, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, hit the bell for notifications on YouTube, leave us a review, all that good stuff. And yeah, guys, uh, some big games this weekend. I think uh, Cleveland's on a bye week, Nate. Um, we got Dallas on Thursday. We got the Patriots on Monday. Big games there. And yeah, we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.